we all believe in something. A god, a higher power, intuition, ourselves, karma. Even believing in the absence of these things is believing in something. It's a part of our human nature. Religion can be an intimidating, uncomfortable, and even an offensive topic, especially when beliefs clash. But it is important. So let's start a conversation about it. In fact, let's start a few conversations about it. I'm Anna Weeks, and this is Religious. On this episode, Alexander Tuttle, a fellow podcast host, philosopher, and certified sound healer, is joining the conversation by phone to discuss his unique faith journey and the tragic circumstances in his life that fueled his passion for helping others self-development. Not, I mean, I'm not looking for anything specific. I'm just here to, to get to know you and, and what you what you think and provide a space where we can just talk about it openly. So Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, well, I know we know each other, but for the listeners who don't know, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, who are you and what do you do? Sure. Um, my name is Alexander Tuttle, and I... I'm a philosopher, um, I'm a uh, practitioner of just helping people in general. That's how I make my living. Uh, with some people, it's uh, with spiritual or religious issues. With some people, it's emotional issues. With some people, it's mental issues. With some people, it's relationship issues or it's self-development issues. But it all comes together. I've been developing this philosophy. It's called the just philosophy and that stands for journeys unite seeking transformation and the basis of my philosophy is that relationships and how we relate to people places and things has a big determination on our health and well has a big determination on the the level of depth of intimacy in our relationships and a lot of our relating is set up in our first seven years of life by our environment that we're around because as children and babies we don't understand mentally so what's happening is we absorb energies that we're around and then we play out the rest of our lives most people do trying to work on the things that they experienced in a very mentally ignorant state not understanding so it creates traumas in their life um and so the word trauma means many different things to many different people. And so this all began with me just wanting to be of service to people. I just wanted to help, but I didn't know how. And so being a musician, my first step was is I went out to uh, California and studied sound healing back in 2007. And so I wanted to study how sound could help people in their wellness journey and at the time my wife at the time was actually going through cancer and so that's kind of what took me off in that direction was seeing how I could help people with music and sound rather than just entertaining them and then over 15 years of a private practice it's morphed into 
um, a complete practice where, like I said earlier, I just help people as best I can with whatever issue they're dealing with. And that's my approach is that we have five levels that we deal with. And that's the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual or religious levels. And so that's what I have developed to be my career is that I help people to understand all five of those levels. And so, for example, if somebody breaks their arm, there's five levels to that healing. We can set the bone in a cast, and that's the physical level. But there's an emotional, an energetic, a spiritual, or religious um, as well levels of that healing. So many times people can even have surgeries. When then years later, the same issue will come back. And through my studies and my own experience of my own wellness journey, you know, I learned that there's so much that goes on on the energetic and the emotional level uh, that our culture has been stuck in the mental and the physical. And so working with all five of these levels became my yearning to understand and to help people with unexplained pains to understand where that's coming from in the emotional level. And so I've worked with a lot of people with fibromyalgia or unexplained pains, um, both acute pains and chronic pains, and then a lot of work with relationships. So it's really morphed to come back to center. All of this has to do with how we relate to our environment, mm. how we relate with our parents, how we relate with our siblings. And that dictates how we relate as we get older with people. Mm. And so, so I hope that wasn't <laughs> too long-winded. No, it's uh, challenging to put it under one umbrella, but um, but yeah. I guess that's a, a good synopsis. Yeah, that was that. I feel like that was a very good. You explained that well, but I feel like there's a lot that we can talk about within that. Um, yes. So you pioneered and you developed this philosophy, correct? Yes. Was yes, it now, just I'll, you or a collaboration or? It was just me. And this began in my late 20s, around 27. And I started studying um, all types of metaphysics. And by metaphysics, I mean ways of, um, of living, ways of healing, using natural methods. Um, so I started off really being into the senses and to like that smells had a certain healing effect and foods had a certain healing effect and like massage and certain types of physical therapy had a healing effect and I just saw that all of these senses have a way to heal and so I had this idea that if we brought all those together it seemed like it would be the ultimate healing modality and that's what kind of led me into all this studying um, so for 10 years from 27 to 37 I personally studied a minimum of eight hours a day while raising a family and working a full-time job because I was so thirsty for this knowledge that it didn't seem like people around me uh, were aware of. So it, it still come from that place to just be of service and to help people. And this is the way I felt <clears throat> that the divine, you know, was leading me to, to be of service. Yeah. yeah. When you say the divine, let's let's talk about that more specifically. Are you talking about um, like the God of the Bible that Christians believe in? Are you talking about multiple gods? What what is are you talking about a God at all? What what is the divine? 
yeah, the easiest thing, way to say it is, yes, God. Um, but see, in my line of work, I work with uh, Christians, Buddhists, atheists, you name it. I work with it because I don't turn anyone away. So I've I utilized the term divine energy to uh, be accepted by most everyone, to feel like I'm not bringing religion into my work because I do my best not to do that. Um, I want people to believe whatever they want to believe. My work is not hindered by people's belief systems. Um, and normally it strengthens. For example, one of my favorite clients that she's been a client for about five years, the very first time she came, she was carrying a Bible. And she sat down and she said, I'm going to tell you right now, if you say anything against Jesus, I'm going to get up and leave. And I said, I tell you what, I want you to hold me to that. And if I get to even close to saying anything different from what Jesus said, then I want you to let me know because it will not be intentional. And she smiled and she said, okay. And then a couple of years later, been working with her off and on for a couple of years, I built a new website and I was looking for testimonials. And the testimonial that she gave me was the, the greatest one I ever got. She said, Alexander in his teachings brought me closer to Jesus than I ever thought that I could be. And that was such a, a beautiful, beautiful statement. And, and it, I mean, it made, it made me cry, literally, because that's what I want to help. Because in the spiritual religious realm, I want to bring people closer to whatever that is for them. Anyway, yes, we can just sum it up to say that, yes, divine energy or divine equals God. You're calling it the divine, and I understand that um, for your work. For you personally, do you believe in a God or do you believe that there are multiple like gods and answers for things? Do you like think there's only one right religion or is there multiple? Um, this is a very good question. I get asked this a lot. Um, I don't, first of all, I don't practice belief. I either feel something in my heart and that's my knowing. And I don't project that knowing on any other human being. But if I'm asked about it, I will share about it. So I don't want to offend, and by any means, anyone, anyone's walk of life. So for me, that divine energy can be called Allah. It can be called Jesus. It can be called uh, whatever somebody wants to call it, consciousness. Um, but the way that I sum it up in my own life is I just say there's an all-pervading energy. And I don't call it a man. I don't call it a person. I call it divine. And we can't even comprehend that level. And so when I'm speaking to a Christian, like I use the term God or Jesus. If I'm speaking to a Buddhist, then I use the term Buddha. See, I don't care when I'm communicating because to me it's that we're uh, – see, I studied religions <laughs> very in-depth. And what I saw with religions was that everybody is seeking pretty much the same thing, but they're fighting wars over the terminology. And so, so that's my approach is that I'm not here to force anybody to believe anything different than they want to believe. My knowing is in my heart. My connection to God is unvarying. It does not vary. So, and I've tested it. I've been through the doubt. I've been through the the hurt of life. Um, I've been in the ditches and, you know, come out of that through the grace of the divine. So 
So I hope that that answers your question um, uh, well enough, because that's that's certainly my truth. Yeah. Would you call yourself religious? Uh, no, I wouldn't typically use that term. I respect religion, uh, but typically religion is based around some kind of belief. And I work to, again, to, there's a difference in my world between a belief and a knowing. And so I, again, don't want to offend anyone in their practices uh, but I'm clear when I say that divine energy or the Trinity, like when I'm working with somebody, I'll say, it's not just you and I working here, it's me, you, and the divine. And if everything is in divine order, then something magical and beautiful will happen here, but it's not reliant on me. So that's the other thing about my work is it's not about Alexander. I'm just a vessel here. And I'm not interested in being in my ego and thinking that I'm helping people. When people give me a compliment, I want to receive it, but I want to give the gratitude to the divine. And anyway, that's just, you know, whether somebody says Jesus or praise God, you know, all of that to me sounds the same. Um, no matter how somebody says it, because I see the light in their eyes. And so, like I said, whether they're saying Allah, they're saying Jesus, God, or divine energy, it's in the expression that I love to see people in. And I've seen the Hare Krishnas, I've seen Buddhists, I've seen Christians, I've seen all different types of religions. And I think they're beautiful when people are connected to that space. And that's what I appreciate. I want to go back to a comment you made earlier. You said there's a difference for you in belief and knowing and that you you know, you don't believe essentially. So what what's the can you like elaborate on that a little more? Yes, that's a great subject, because I have a saying that truth does not need to be defended. It only needs to be presented. So when, um, when uh, I've been at uh, death's door, I've walked so many people through death, at least 10 to 12 people personally, be it my mother, my father, my wife, a nephew, uh, best friends, all grandparents. So I know this path of death really well. And death has taught me how to love. And so when I say, when I sit down with a person that's been very distraught, and I work with a lot of uh, substance abusers, people considering suicide, really, really heavy stuff. And when I'm sitting across from somebody and they say they don't believe in God, See, the very first thing that somebody, when they're going to be helped, is they have to be received. If they feel judgment in any way, they won't receive the help, even if the person can help them. So my knowing that God exists isn't a belief. And I don't need to project that belief onto this person. So what I always say to them is I say, that's okay. You don't have to believe in God here, but understand that I only believe there's God. I believe that everything's God. And many times they'll say, oh, so you're one of them. And I say, no, I'm not one of them. I said, test me. Say anything negative that you want to about God or anything. It's not going to phase me. And so many times they will. They'll attack. And I'll say, I understand and I appreciate and that's the way you feel now. And see, when somebody feels received, they will start to be willing to see another side. 
And so then they'll say, well, how has God showed up in your life? And I'll say, let me tell you first what God's taken away from me. And I go through the list of people and the list of opportunities. And I say, all this was taken away from me, but now I'm going to tell you what's been given to me. And then I can talk until the cows come home, so to say, about what God's gave to me. And that's what I focus on. I don't focus on the loss. But see, all the loss was there to teach me a lesson. And when we learn to accept both loss and gain, then that's a person that's able to live in peace. And that's what I've worked toward. So I don't I carry a belief in God. I carry a knowing. And that knowing is not threatened by anybody else's belief in anything or belief in nothing. And to me, that's beyond belief. That's knowing. So this knowing, did you, was this something you were born with? Have you always had it? How did you come to have that knowing? Really good question. So no, again, um, my path wasn't to get it from, uh, from the church. Not that I have anything against church. Um, I think it's a very, very important thing for a lot of people. But for me, they couldn't answer the questions that I had. And I went out on my own and I found the answers. And the answers just led me closer to God, deeper to Jesus. And it helped me to understand Jesus' Jesus's teachings as a teacher, as an example. And the ability to live in that example is present. And so, so uh, it was a path really through loss and through study. And actually, to tell you the truth, I got closest to Jesus through studying other religions. And the other religions talked about Jesus a lot. And Buddhism was one that I really enjoyed studying. And there's a gentleman named Alan Watts that was a, a theologist that bridged the gap between Buddhism and Jesus, between what Buddha was teaching and what Jesus was teaching. And it helped me to see a different dimension than what my family and what um, church had to offer as far as oh, the way that they saw Jesus. So again, there's no judgment. It was just that I wanted more. And I had to go out and find that more uh, myself through many different um, studies and many different people, years, you know, over 25 years of communicating about Jesus or about God or about that divine energy. So you talked, you talked about the loss in your life. And, you know, the death of your wife and, and, and all of that, that tragic stuff. Do you blame God for that? Did God have a part in that? I have been angry at God, yes. I have been angry at life. I've been at the deepest depths of, of depression, of ugliness, because when she died, um, that was part of my lesson is that I had to go through being angry at God because I mistakenly thought that I had made an agreement with God, that I would do the life the way that I was being led to do if all I ever asked was just give me this one person. That's all I ask, and I will follow your way and your path. And I gave up my wants in my late 20s. I, did, I stopped wanting to be a, a rock and roll star, be a professional musician, all that. And at 27 is when I took the, the walk of the divine or the way I felt God wanted me to go. It was no longer about what I wanted. So when she died, it almost killed me literally. 
and I went through five years of excruciating chest pain, heart palpitations, thinking I was going to have heart attacks for five years every single day of my life. But I wouldn't take any medication, and that's a whole other story. We can go in that tangent some other time. So I proved that my chest pain was the emotion frustration, and it took me five years to prove it to myself, and then it took me two years to learn how to live outside of that frustration. Therefore, I'm not on any pharmaceuticals now, and nor was I. That's all they had to offer me at that time. So the quick answer is, yes, I have been very angry at God and felt like God did me wrong, and I was mistaken. I was very, very mistaken because I needed to be broken, and that part of my ego needed to die before I could be of service with people at the level that I am now. So I tell people all the time, if Sherry would have lived, I would have been one of the biggest egomaniacs. So I, I found a way to be grateful that she passed because of the person that I've become since she has died. And I honor her in that path. So there's no more anger, of course, at, at the divine or God. But I've certainly been there. As far as like afterlife goes, um, heaven and hell, do you believe this life is it and we die and our actions on here determine our eternity? I really, you know, often I don't speak in opinions very often because, you know, it's what uh, ruffles people's feathers. But I will ask this, answer this pretty directly. And, and I do happen to follow the path of reincarnation and that this isn't the only, uh, the only time here. And so I have a different view of heaven and hell and um, in the way that I view that. I still utilize it, and it's still useful, but um, but no, I, I do look at it as um, from the point of view of of Jesus's teachings in the alignment with the possibility of there being multiple lives. Mm, yes. Okay, well, I'm I'm actually really glad that you brought reincarnation up because that is something that I know little to nothing about, but. I mean, I'm definitely interested in hearing about. Well, from my, uh, I'll call it a layman's view here, because um, I'm certainly not an authority on reincarnation. But uh, the basic view comes from that we are here to learn. This is a lifetime of lessons. And depending on how we handle and learn the lessons depends on the type of life that we may have, like when we come back. And... The reason that I started looking in this direction is that I was looking at the meaning of life and what the meaning of life is. And I see it kind of like a video game. And you don't get to go to the next level until you master the level that you're on in video games. And when I asked myself very deeply what I felt like this life was about, it was uh, righting the wrongs of our past and learning and becoming a more pure spirit, a more, more like an angel, more um, where you think of others and all of the, the beautiful side of being a human, being a human being. But circumstances many times makes people um, choose to have negative experiences in their life. And I've been through enough of them in my life to see that if you're able to take the lesson from it, then you don't have to keep going through these challenging lessons. But if you don't get the lesson, the lesson will continuously show up over and over and over in different forms, at different jobs, 
So when I started looking at this purpose, purpose came down to me, this is the emotional level that Jesus said, judge not. Okay. And in that teaching, there wasn't that sometimes it's okay to judge and sometimes it's not. It's that from my understanding in the teaching that we should work to not judge no matter the, what the situation is because we don't know the details. So it became the biggest importance for me to walk a life outside of judgment because that's what Jesus taught and that's what all these other teachers that from all these other different religions and spiritual paths that I studied, that's what they were teaching too, to get away from this judgment. Well, see, the judgment is what dictates our emotions. When we decide whether somebody is right or wrong, when we decide that something is good or bad, then that affects our emotions. In turn, that affects our energetic field. Now it's been proven in Western medicine that we have an aura around us, a bubble. So this is the energetic level. And it really starts that, I'm going to start this over with five levels, that every issue, most every issue that anybody has begins in doubt, and that's the spiritual level, that we doubt that something is, that should be different than the way that it is, that we don't trust God's plan. And see, that doubt activates the mental level. The mental level is where the judge sits, and the judge decides whether this is either good or bad, which activates the emotional level. Then the emotional level and the negative emotions, it weakens the energetic field or the aura. And over time, where the area that it weakens the energy field, it makes the physical body more vulnerable to injury or disease in that area. This is the way the five levels work together. So to get back to your point, the point of reincarnation is that when we learn to work on all five of these levels, then we don't need to come back to this level. When we learn to treat everybody like our brother and our sister and love them, whether they believe the way we do or not, then I don't see a need to continue to come back to this level. Is there a way to escape the cycle? Is that possible? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. I feel like, uh, like I said, when, when you're able to get to a point in your life to where um, you live outside of judgment, like Jesus said, um, because I feel like Jesus lived outside of judgment. I feel like Gandhi was another person that was as close of an example as we've had to somebody that lived outside of judgment. I feel like the Dalai Lama, is our present day example of somebody that lives outside of judgment as close as humanly possible. I'm not saying any of these people are perfect. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it's that the majority of their life, they handle things in a way outside of judgment. And you, you learn to live outside of judgment by managing your emotions. When you were talking about and explaining the philosophy, the just philosophy and how it works, you mentioned frequency-based healing. Do you have any stories of healing that, that you have seen come from your work that you can share? Yeah, so first of all, frequency-based view, everything is frequencies, and everything is moving particles. There is nothing solid on this whole Earth plane. And so when I realized that, that that's a fact from physics, <laughs> that means that we're all connected energetically. We're all connected through frequencies. And when I can see a human being 
as a ball of frequencies that I don't understand. It helps me to stay away from the personal judgments because I don't know what that person's been through in their life to be who they are in that moment. And the more that I keep that in mind when I interact with people, the less judgments I have on people. So now, see, I'm a sound therapist, and I have a vibrational sound table that um, has been proven in many medical fields to be useful. Parkinson's one of them. There's many, many different areas that vibration has been proven to, to aid. As a matter of fact, cancer can be killed in 13 seconds or less with vibration. So the cure for cancer is, is no problem. They've known for a long time. They just won't allow it. So just about every uh, medical issue that we have can be helped through frequencies and vibrations. And it's coming. It'll happen more than likely in our lifetimes. Um, but it's getting more and more popular. So people lie on my vibrational table, and I put specific frequencies that I have embedded on CDs, and it has relaxing effects on them. But see, as a practitioner, that's all that I'm going to say that I do to anybody is help them relax. But if you understand the whole point of pain, pain comes from constriction. So relaxation is something that our culture doesn't know hardly anything about. Hardly anybody that you know knows very much about relaxation. <laughs> because when you're truly relaxed, the body, all the muscles are uh, not in tension. And so it's going to help any issue that anybody is going through. I have special frequencies that are called uh, binaural beats that help to slow the brain down from the, from the beta state to the alpha to the theta to the delta. Delta is deep sleep. Beta is very multi, multitasking. And so, so all of this technology helps people to not just relax the mind but the whole body to just like over a 30-minute and there's just this little whisper through frequencies saying, relax, relax. And so, so I do what's called energy work. Some people call it Reiki. Some people call it healing touch. I've studied multiple levels of energy work as well. But again, I can't say what anything does. The person just says that they feel better afterwards or they don't. And again, that, that energy level is one-fifth of the whole equation. The physical still there, the mental, the emotional energetic and then that spiritual or religious part as well so with frequency based healing i i'm just i'm personally really curious about this because i have um type 1 diabetes and so that is a it's a chronic illness obviously there was doctors don't know what i was diagnosed when i was 16 doctors don't know what caused it what triggered it why i have it it's just there and also unfortunately there's no cure for it. There's no way to stop it. I have to inject myself with insulin um, multiple times a day because my body doesn't produce insulin for one reason or another. And so have you worked on someone? Have you worked on use this frequency-based healing and sound vibrations to work on people with chronic illness? So yes, once again, excellent question. The answer is yes. I work with people with the stuff that you're talking about um, every week. I had a lady that I was working on doing energy work on. She was in her 60s, and she was an avid tennis player. But she hadn't played any tennis in like 18 months because she'd gone to multiple different doctors, and she had hip pain, and nobody would tell her, could tell her that anything was wrong, but she couldn't play because there was so much pain. When I was working on her, 
her leg jumped up in the air off my table and slammed down. And that's normally a sign of energy being released. And she set up after the session and different parts of the body hold trauma at different ages. The hips happen to be during the ages of 18 to 22. And so I asked her, I said, do you remember any kind of trauma between 18 and 22? I think it was on the right side. That's the masculine side. Left side is feminine. And so I said, it might've had something to do with a male or something like that. And in the session, she said, no, she couldn't recall anything, but she said her hip felt better and that she was looking forward to playing tennis the very next day. The next morning I got up and she actually went to play tennis that afternoon, said it had no pain. And she wrote me a three-page email talking about how she was raped in college around 19 years old, and she put it so far out of her mind that she couldn't recall it in our session. And I had given her some forgiveness exercises to do to release this. And so she did it, and her pain didn't come back. Now, again, I'm not saying that I did that. <laughs> I think it was all in divine timing. And she was ready to release it. And once again, I was just the messenger. And I helped her to see something that she needed to release. And she released it. And the pain went away. So I did it with myself. This is why I stand so firm that this isn't a belief. I went through excruciating chest pain every single day for five years. For five years, Anna, I tried to fix it with all of my tools. I thought that I could figure it out. After five years, I fell to my knee, crying to God Almighty. And I said, God, tell me anything to do, and I will do it no matter what. And I was crying profusely. And God come in, as it does, has with me many times, through a voice. And the voice said, stop being frustrated. That was all the voice said. And I said, what do I do? What do I do? That's all the voice said was, stop being frustrated. So at, it took me two years from that point on to learn how to live my life outside of frustration because I lived my life in frustration every single day of my life, and I didn't realize it. I was 40 years old before I realized that I'd never relaxed my abdomen, that I lived every day with my abdomen clenched. See, I don't know why, but I did. And so, so after that two years of learning, to not be frustrated in this life by people or situations, my pain slowly dissipated and went away. To this day, that's been over five years now, five, seven years since i come to that point. And to this very day, and if I allow frustration into my life, my chest starts constricting and I feel the pain coming back. And I have to let the frustration go and it will it'll go away. So see, this isn't, this is uh, proven, like I said, a seven-year span. And all the doctors wanted to do was give me pills. And I said, I'm not taking the pills. I know this is emotional and energetic, and I'm either going to figure it out through God's grace or I'm going to die trying. And obviously, I made it. So yes, over 15 years, I've helped tons of people with unexplained pains, fibromyalgia. Now, chronic disease See, I can't even legally say that I can help something like that. But, you know, um, as I said, everything is vibration is one of my pillars. And what that means is that nothing is forever. Nothing is fixed in this life. When somebody says that something's incurable, I don't agree. 
I happen to feel that there's nothing else the physical world can do for them. I can agree to that. But there's four other levels. And diabetes is around, emotionally, is around the sweetness of life and how a person perceives the sweetness of life. So see, hypothetically, that's where we would start our discussion if, you know, if we were working together and we would go through your childhood and we would go through where something got off and you, you lost a certain sweetness in life and there's still some what I would call trauma that, you know, needs to be released emotionally and energetically and mentally and possibly spiritually, I mean, religiously, possibly. Wrapping up, just like we talked about before, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like you're, you are clearly passionate about what you believe, and that's, that's what I wanted. That's the kind of people that I think are important to have conversations with, and you definitely you bring stuff to the table. Um, but so is there any advice you would give for listeners seeking answers within religion? Again, it comes to follow your heart. And if we follow our heart over our mind, we won't be led astray, but our mind will try to confuse us many times. And so um, so coming from the heart, learning to live from the heart, um, to make our decisions based around what feels right rather than what we think is right or what we've been told is right, you know, is, is, uh, is challenging, but it's the most rewarding. And um, society doesn't always want us to to follow that heart. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where each individual gets a chance to, to decide how authentic they want to live their life. And for me, that was one of the most important things is I wanted to live a very authentic life, not saying my way is better than anybody else's. I'm blessed enough to make my living and being of service and helping people. So I'm just humbled every day by that, that beauty. You know, I put 25 years into developing it. But uh, the main thing is all of that has been a path of the heart. And it hasn't made sense to my family or anybody around me, but it was my connection to God that's led me through it all. Thanks so much for listening. More than anything, I hope this left you with more questions about your own faith journey and a burning desire to find the answers. If you want to continue the conversation or have specific questions you'd like to ask, please don't hesitate to reach out to either myself or today's guest. Our socials will be in the description and we'd love to hear from you.